0: You're listening to episode 24 of They See Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chipper, and we're recording on Saturday, March 17th. And it's been a minute. It's been, yeah. It's been, like, I was I was updating our document because we operate off of
1: a Google document. And it's been a full month since the last episode. Like, our last episode that we recorded was Saturday, February 17th. Oh, my God. So it's been, like, exactly one month. And you may have noticed we have not put out a second Lord of the Rings episode um, <laughs> because we are trash. I specifically, I think, am more trash in this respect. It's just things have been busy, and it's just, it's hard to get... Um, it's a long movie. It is a long movie. It's hard it's to get time, time together to do it. We are going to do
0: them. Like, it's not that we're not going to do them. It's just, we're taking our time. I mean, I need to re- Can I tell you the story of the night that I watched The Two Towers for our, for our potential yes. podcasting? Um, I had a drinks... scheduled that night so like my friend wanted to come back and watch two towers with me and i was like totally you can totally come over we'll watch the movie after we'd had several drinks and we're sitting in a car and we're like she calls her husband to be like this is what i'm doing and i hear her on the phone go no i know i've never seen fellowship of the ring and i was like (laughs)
1: like,
0: what well why do you want to see the two towers so then the next 45 minutes are me like drunkenly explaining the plot of Fellowship of the Ring to her. And our poor driver was, I'm sure he was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't care about this. (laughs) Wow. So then we like sit down to watch the movie. And she's like, This is so cheesy. I didn't think it was going to be so cheesy. And I was like, You need to leave. It's not cheesy. It's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> did you explain to her though
1: when you were explaining it about the, how the ancient boundaries of Gondor are not the current boundaries <laughs> of Gondor
0: well she was like at one point I was like and that's I was like he's from Gondor and she's like you're making these names up and I'm like I'm not
1: <laughs> have I have I said, told the story on the podcast about how my dad calls both Gandalf and Gondor Gandorf no. Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. Tell it again. Well, I mean, that's the story. <laughs> that's amazing. That's the story. I mean, there's no <laughs> real story. I don't know why he does it, but he calls both Gondor and Gandalf. Gandorf. Gandorf. Yep. That's my dad. He's G- he's quirky. G- if you're <laughs> a listening, Dad, hi. My, my parents, you know, I, I, was telling, I was telling Preezy this. My parents listen to this podcast sometime, and it's always weird, because I don't know when they're going to listen, and it, I don't record thinking they're going to listen, but hi, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> okay, but there's been some really great news
0: this past uh, f- this past month for Desi people. Yes! Oh, my gosh. So many, like, see people being cast in big deal thing
1: And as leads, not, like, as, like, the sassy best friend. Like, or the nerdy
0: best friend. Yeah.
1: Like, as leads, which is... Like, really amazing. So we've got Rekha Sharma, who's a personal favorite of mine. She was in um, Battlestar Galactica, and she was also in guest starred on Star Trek Discovery. So she is a lead in a new Ursula Le Guin movie, movie, uh, The Telling, which I have not read that book. Or if I don't even, I will say I'm not super familiar with I've read a few of Le Guin's books, but not a ton of them. So I, is the telling a book, or is that, like, based on a book of a different name? Do
0: you know? <laughs> you are asking the wrong okay. person. all right. <laughs> so, um, but it's good, good news. Must, like, be more likely to know the answer to this question? Yeah, good news. <laughs> but it's good news regardless. Good um, news. Um, then we have one of our absolute favorites, Tia Sarkar, uh, who you may know as the voice of Sabine in Star Wars Rebels. She's also in the, um, the Good Place. She's also in The Good Place um she's gonna be in zach braff's new show uh alex inc as they play a married couple it looks like um and then that's a kind of older news but that i think it's there
1: have been production stills or something from it like i have started right. seeing pictures this in the past couple And now of weeks. It feels like they're ramping
0: up the promotion a lot yeah. i feel like i'm seeing it a lot and uh Preeti, you want to tell us about the next one so the next one's kind of a really big deal. Um, my brother, Vinny Chipper, who is an actor, who I probably have mentioned before, uh, got cast as a series regular on a new c- CBS pilot called Redline, which they haven't picked up yet, but it's been announced. The lead is Noah Wiley from ER, and I am very jealous. Yes. Um, it's got a cool cast. It's produced by Greg Berlanti and Ava DuVernay. Um it looks like it's going to, it's like an, I think it's one of those hour-long dramas. Uh, so I'm really excited, excited about it, yeah. You know, fingers crossed it gets picked up. You should tell CBS to pick up Redline. Yes. Just, even though none of us has ever seen anything. I'm That's just saying. It. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Um. Another exciting announcement, Saturday Blue, who is on No Tomorrow and uh, is in the new movie Cockblock, got cast in a... New, I think, as of yet, untitled pilot that's produced by Amy Poehler, Julianne Robinson, and Asim uh um, We're not. It sounds like it's gonna be a twenty-two minute comedy. Would be my guess.
1: Yeah, I am. She's one of those people I feel like I've seen in like a bunch of different like uh, like science fiction and type shows. Like I feel like she gets a lot of I don't know. Like I've heard. since... Her face is so familiar, but I can't remember exactly what I've seen her in. I could probably go mm-hmm. look it up, but it's more fun to just contemplate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Hannah Simone. From New Girl. Yeah, was cast in The Greatest American Hero, which is a remake of an old show, I think. And then. Um, Hasan Minhaj, uh was, um, he was, ca- like, I guess um, Netflix poached him from The Daily Show, and he's going to be doing a half, I think it's a half hour, like, kind of talk show type thing. And they ordered 30, and it's weekly, they ordered 32 episodes, which is a huge deal, because that show's That's like, huge. yeah, that show's like, they really feel strongly about him and what he's going to do when I'm, like, it's huge, like, I mean, I'm so, I love him. We talked about his stuff before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I really love him. And I'm so, I'm really excited to see um, how that turns out. And then you, the new
0: Mindy Kaling show dropped and you've seen it, right? I watched the first episode, Champions. It started on, um, I think this past week. It's like a, another half hour comedy and she's not in it. She's like a guest starring role, but she's producing and writing, I believe. It centers around, I don't remember the guy's name, one of the guys from Workaholics who was on the Mindy Project 2, um, and she, like, had a kid with this guy but never told him and shows up in New York as kind of like, you need to take care of him now. So it's like, single dad, new son, like, hilarity ensues. It was funny. Okay. First episode was fine. I would pick it up. I'll probably keep watching it because I love a 22-minute sitcom. Um, and the uh, main character, the son, looks strangely he looks like so much like Lin Manuel Miranda. It is uncanny. He is, and it's not just because the kid is like really into musicals and he's there to like actually go to a super fancy um, theater or art like art school or whatever. He there's a scene in one of the previews where he's wearing that like. Um, Sweater that Lin Manuel Miranda has. Everyone knows the one. If you know who Lin Manuel Miranda is, odds are you know what sweater I'm talking about. But the kid is wearing a sweater that looks exactly like that sweater. And I'm like, where did you come from? How did they find a miniature Lin Manuel Miranda to be on the show? You look a lot like Lin Manuel Miranda. It's super weird. It is
1: uncanny. (laughs) Um,. Okay, and we've probably forgotten some here and there, but there's just been so many great there's it's just been a lot of great news for um South Asian people and it's really exciting. Um and then wanted to also shout out there's a new Desi podcast. Um it's yes. from Priya Aurora, Um and it's called Queering Desi and it's about uh the, you know, queer south asian female experience um and it's being done in in partnership with brown girl magazine which is if you haven't heard of it it's a kind of south magazine that also focuses on the south asian female experience um so anyway queering desi um i'm def i'm definitely looking forward to checking it out and i think more um desi podcast is always a good thing like yes like it's always like we need more of this so it's
0: um really awesome news so congratulations to priya congratulations to priya and to everyone who is like kicking ass basically yeah and like
1: and and, i'm just really happy for any you know like um lgbt you know south asian people who are like i can see here finally hear myself represented in a podcast like it's nice it's nice to have that feeling like oh there's this new thing that's going to represent me or my experience it's cool so it's very cool um let's talk and about that DC, new, <laughs> like yeah, Like, <laughs> news, but still fun news. The new Infinity War trailer dropped. I cannot wait. Like, I my excitement for this movie is not at Star Wars level
0: because that would be blasphemy, but it is nearing <laughs> Star it's, Wars
1: it's level. It's
0: funny like I've I've been swinging kind of like back and forth between which is what happened with um Captain America Civil War 2 where I was like okay, like, this could be fun. And then I got, like, really, really excited when we finally got to see Spider-Man. But this is another one where, like, the first teaser was just so, like, whoa, like, so much stuff I couldn't even get a yeah. handle on it. But this, the trailer that dropped yesterday is so good. It was really good. It was, like, and they moved the date, so the date is earlier. Yeah. To um, April 27th. 7th, I believe, Yeah. And...
1: um. There's just so much going on, and, like, just, I mean, with the sheer number of characters, like, you it, it, that's, I mean, if nothing else, that's why they had to break it into two parts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's clearly so much going on. I'm so excited that, it looks like the final battle is going to take place um, in Wakanda, and I'm super excited about that.
0: Yeah, it's, I I don't know what to, I feel like Marvel is decent sometimes at subverting our expectations based on what we see in the trailer. yeah. And so I don't really know what to expect, necessarily, but... I think there's a
1: reason that all the scenes we... Pretty much... There's a few new ones, but pretty much all the scenes we saw in the trailer... um, In this trailer, are immediately preceding or immediately after scenes from the previous trailer. Because if you you think about how much of the movie we've seen, it's the same scenes over and over again. It's just Mm -hmm. different parts of the same scenes. So I think they're doing a good job of kind of keeping the mystery...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I did. The two, the, the two things that I loved a lot, of course, were I love the like exchange with Peter and Dr. Doctor Doctor Strange, Strange end, yes. whatever, Dr. Strange. I loved that moment. And I love uh, that Dr.
1: Strange just is like, uh, like I am not, a, I was not a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch's Dr. Strange. I'm not a fan of like, just generally just not a fan. Yeah, But he like the look he just gave Peter was really good.
0: It was like the, the patented, like, why is this child yeah. superhero talking to me? Yeah, like. it was really good. It was very Doctor Strange. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And I actually really loved the sequence of um, bearded Cap, like, fighting Thanos. With and the Infinity th- Glove. You don't often see Chris Evans as Captain America, like, with rage. He tends to be, like, a fighter who is like, I am right, I am correct, and so everything I do is with the perspective of, like, I am doing good work, Yeah, but it's not usually emotion-focused. It's very in that way. Yeah, and so that sequence of that scream, oh, I loved it. I was like, yes! <laughs> I have heard, ru- not rumors, I've heard theories that people think he's gonna die I've, I've heard that a lot, and I don't disagree,
1: necessarily. I think they're going to make him old. I would love that. I mean, I would love – really. like you said, cast. I think people are going to have to die if only because the Marvel Universe is too freaking big at this point. People are either going to have to die or retire. Like, yes. I mean, like Hawkeye. I mean, I would be surprised, honestly, if they didn't bring him back for this movie for even just a scene. But um, I don't think like I people are going to have to have their dire or retire because they're trying to pass on the torch at this point after this yeah, movie, and yeah. it's just too big and too expensive at this point.
0: It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward excited.
1: to it. I'm I got excited. my tickets. Um, Ryan's in. Um, he's traveling that week for work, and um, I told him the day it comes out, and he's like, "I think I'm traveling." I'm like, "Well, I'm going without you then." <laughs> Like, I am not waiting. I'm not waiting, but it turns out he's coming back, like, Friday during the day. So I was like, okay, I can wait from Thursday night to Friday night. Like, that <laughs> I can do. I can just stay off Twitter so, for yeah. the one day. So. We'll probably have our episode up that
0: weekend. So that weekend,
1: hopefully. Weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all so right. that's all our news. So now we're going to – our main things for this um, episode are Star Wars Rebels and a wrinkle in time. So we're going to start with Rebels. And I think what we'll do is we'll just kind of give a, a – you know, this is – like a non-spoilery thoughts on kind of Mm -hmm. series and the series finale. Um, And we'll put the show notes or the timestamp in the show notes. Sorry, I can't talk today. God, Um, timestamp in the show notes. And then um, that way, if you haven't seen it yet, or you're wondering whether the entire series is worth watching now that the finales come out, um, you can get our non-spoilery thoughts um, without having everything spoiled for you. Okay. So, just overall as like a season 1 to season 4 arc, what did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I I <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going to say that. I mean, I no surprise here. <laughs> um I did too. I had some reservations, like we've talked like we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, without going into too many details, I think it ended up, and actually Brian, um, he on Twitter, he's Lane Winry. And if you like like Star Wars stuff, you absolutely should follow him because he has some really interesting insights. But anyway, mm-hmm. Brian pointed out, and I agree with him, that this started out kind of as a found family type story. And it continued that story for sure. But kind of grafted onto it um a continuation of the stories in Clone Wars. Yes. And it stopped like at the beginning it was just homages and in jokes. And by the end it was like just the full-fledged t- like continuing you have the, the story. both. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's still watchable, but you are missing a lot. Like I would yeah. say you're not getting like half of the stuff out of it that you would have if you had seen Clone Wars. And I don't necessarily have a big I don't think I don't necessarily have a problem with that because as somebody who loves grand, bold storytelling, I think the storytelling in this was excellent. Um, And I think that it was a continuation of the team that didn't, behind Clone Wars, it was their continuation of the stories they weren't able to finish on their own terms. And I am glad to see that as a fan of Clone Wars, but as a person who really wants things to be accessible and Mm -hmm. to not tie, like... For a lot of people, I have encouraged, oh, you don't need to see Clone Wars, just pick up Rebels. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I had just told you to go watch Clone Wars, but then that's like asking someone to watch five or
0: six seasons. It's six seasons, but I did find a list. Because Clone Wars, I think the difference between Clone Wars and Rebels is that you don't have to watch every single episode of Clone Wars. There's a lot of filler in there, whereas... There's not a ton of filler in Rebels. No, there's like, like a couple of episodes a season that are one offs. But... Yeah, but like overall, there's a like long running story throughout the four seasons. So I did find a list oh. of Clone Wars episodes that some kind person um, put together of recommended Clone Wars episodes if you're going to watch Rebels because there are a few necessary arcs. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. I want to look at that as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, I've been thinking of rewatching Clone Wars and rewatching all the Rebels, but I'm like, I don't. There are some episodes in Clone Wars that drag. I'm not gonna lie. Oh I'm my like, god, I, I don't want to watch, especially I the don't... first season, the first couple of seasons, where it's just like Rebel, like the uh, Republic and the Separatists, like going after different yeah. systems. It's just like, oh my god.
0: Yes, I mean it's good. The the great thing about Clone Wars, I like that we started as Rebels, but like as evidence, we have to talk about Clone yeah. Wars. Is that it just gives you the emotional impact you needed and maybe didn't get from the movies? Yeah,
1: yeah, it it gives the movies emotional impact. I would say, like, I have a very different experience having watched like our rewatch of the trilogy. um, Is I think the first time I'd rewatch or the prequel trilogy for this podcast is the first time I'd watched them since um, watching watching Clone Clone Wars, Wars. and my reaction to them was very different than Mm -hmm. previously. Um, okay, so I think that's kind of a non-spoilery, so we're going to get into spoilers now, so if you, um, you know, stop listening, fast forward, <laughs> if you don't want spoilers. <laughs> okay, so now, spoilery, what did you think? Oh my gosh. Oh
0: my gosh, okay. Um, yeah, I know. So <laughs> I, this is the thing, it's like this deep breath, because it's four years, which I recently started rewatching the first season, Um, In the last couple days, actually, of Rebels. And the characters came so far. But, like, in that really wonderful way where you don't notice the growth as it happens. Yeah. So, all of a sudden you go from... Ezra's always been one of my favorite characters. Maybe was not one of mine at the beginning. I know. Everybody gave me so much shit for liking Ezra. And I just want to point out that he became uh, wonderful. But I am a sucker for a coming of age story yeah. like I love it so Ezra's whole story is coming of age and balance and all of those things and so I really really loved his arc and yeah. his growth and I really liked how Dave Filoni handled him existing in the same universe where Luke Skywalker is the last Jedi and the, and the savior of um, the rebels yeah because I agree, that was a big question, right? How can Ezra exist in a world where we have the original trilogy that tells us one story? Yeah, yeah. And they, I think they did a good job of like, like I know that epilogue was jarring. I loved it. I loved. I it. loved. It. Yeah. And I don't often say that about epilogues, but I did really, really love this one to give us what we needed without. Necessarily grossly shifting the relationship we already have to star wars, yeah my
1: issue with the um, with the finale I guess okay, my issue with the finale is kind of my issue with the whole. The series as a whole, so I I rewatched it because um, Ryan had never seen it, and I'd been talking mm-hmm. about it, and talking about it, and talking about it. So finally, he was like, "Okay, well, let's watch it together." So I rewatched it before this, like like two months ago. I we just binge watched the whole thing, longer than that, but still, we binge watched the whole um, series. And a I was struck by how good the long form storytelling is. Yeah. serial storytelling is so good, and you just don't can kind of realize it in these thirty minute. Chunks, but the serial storytelling in this is so good. A, but B, af- it starts becoming, um, and it kind of starts as halfway through season one. There's kind of two stories going along, and one is the rebellion, and the other is kind of force lore. And these stories diverge and come together over the course of the series. Um, and I think people from the chatter i've seen about the finale people engaged with one or another but not necessarily both at the same time i think you're one of the rare people that engage with both at the same time right um i liked the force lore a lot more than i liked the kind of found family rebel story i liked that story i don't want to make it sound like i didn't but i was invested in the force lore like i was invested right. in like what is this what is happening like that is what kept me coming back um, week after week, versus if it had just been the found family story, I would have probably just binge watched it all at once and not worried about watching it episode to episode. And I yeah. think so. I think that last, for example, for me and for Ryan, in that last episode, we were both like, "Are we were both like, I am so disappointed because like it all dealt with it wrapped up the you know one story very well without giving any, and of course." Force is an ongoing story. I mean, there's never going to be any closure on a story like that, no matter how big this universe gets, because it's an ongoing story. But some closure as to what happened, or some explanations, because they delved like with the the second, I think the second last episode where Ahsoka comes back, they delve really deep into Force lore. Oh, my gosh. Like, then they introduce so many new concepts and that just kind of leave you hanging. And, like, there's no explanation and no, like, it's so, like, they delve really deep into the Mortis stuff, which if you were confused by the Mortis stuff and haven't watched Clone Wars, you can just watch the three-episode Mortis arc of Clone Wars. And that is, like, where all that stuff is introduced. But, like, there was so much going on and I don't feel like we got a lot of explanation for that until the epilogue where it was like, all right, well, you don't get a lot of
0: explanation, but you get some closure at least. Yes. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the force stuff is interesting because if you think about the original trilogy, where literally nothing is explained. No. Like there's no explanation. There's a grand tradition in star Wars of introducing concepts with no that explanation, have no explanation because the minute they tried to give us explanation, like it, midi-chlorians, which, midichlorians were an explanation of where the force might come from. Everyone was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, 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 thank you. Yeah. We're not interested in this because that's too scientific. We don't. It's Star too... Wars is magic, not science. Exactly. Star Wars is a fantasy. And so to introduce like reasoning, like a, a, whatever, yeah. behind the stuff is it it loses the magic somehow and that's not something you want whereas in introducing the like lore and the mythology behind it is fascinating because that's open to interpretation. Yeah. We don't know what any of that even when you watch the Clone Wars Mortis arc and you have no idea what's the, going like, on. You don't know what's going on before or after the arc. You know that there are there are like um narrative devices used that you can understand, but you don't know what they mean. Yeah. Which is religion, which is what the Jedi use the force for, not use the force for, but that's where the force is interwoven into the like pathology of the Jedi is in religion. So using that perspective and taking it into the rebels, Filoni just like continually has been building upon the mythology of the force in this really interesting and loose way and in I a l- way.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I love yeah. the direction he takes it because he takes it in such a mystical,
0: fascinating direction. And I love it. And what's interesting is that that's how the Jedi use the force. Like the pathology behind the Jedi way of the force is that it's a religion and the force is interwoven into that religion. Yeah, And so Filoni building these small pieces that can be contextualized and decontextualized into whatever sort of story you want to make of it is very much how religion exists. And that is fascinating because he's literally creating a religion and a mythology in real time for us to watch. Right. But using characters who are having to use it in the same way we are. Right. Like they don't know the difference. They don't we're it's very much like putting us in the position of the characters fascinating storytelling right it is and I think it's
1: actually very effective like I think he does a really good job giving you just enough information to where you're like whoa what is going on but not so much where you're frustrated by the lack of explanation but I that being said I think if it, he hadn't had that epilogue at the if they hadn't done that epilogue at the end of the finale I would have been frustrated because it's like oh yeah you have to ha- you have to show that those threads are going somewhere. It's not yes, so much I that I need an explanation for them, but I need to know that they are heading somewhere, and you've got some sort of plan to continue unfolding all this.
0: Well, yes, yeah, story wise, in terms of the characters themselves and what they physically experience on screen, there needs to be a narrative there. Yeah, but the pieces like like introducing all this stuff in um, the penultimate episode with the time travel and the, like... Which was, like, what the hell
1: is yeah. happening? And we, so, we've known that the Jedi can see through time, but, yeah, like... we've seen vision, We've heard of vision. visions and stuff like that, but, like, this is, like, actual, like, time travel. It's, like, a, it's a space. Yeah. Which is... Which is a... Dis- like, that's the question. Was any of that, like, quote-unquote real? Was that actually a physical space? Or was, like, Ezra alone in a cavern... you know what I mean? Like, and was like, he did his like, for self trans, you know,
0: do you know what? Like there's so many questions and it's so interesting. It is. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, to introduce this, it's like I said, it's like, it's a building block that, that whole scene was a building block in a mythology. So it's just fascinating because like, you know, with the new wave of Canon, with Disney deciding like, we're going to define what star Wars Canon is. That means, like, you're almost starting over from the, like, decades of books and research and all of these things that we've gotten. That's... what w- Legends. They're calling yeah. it legends, right? Right. So, like, everything exists, but because of the nature of the beast and the retroactive storytelling and all of these things, we're cobbling it together as it's happening. Yeah. So I, I think there were pieces of... In terms of narrative, of story, I mean, I'm still sad about Kanan. Yeah. It had to happen. It had to. classic, classic Star Wars, classic hero myth. Everyone knew it was going to happen, but it was still hard to see. It was still hard to watch. It was still really sad. Um, I know, do you want to talk about Hera? Yeah, I've I've expressed some dis
1: dissatisfaction let's say with the way her arc went um I feel like she started out this series as this she's she was the leader at the beginning of Mm -hmm. the series and she was the leader of the you know she was the unarguably and by the end she was like there's one thing to like let the younger people plan and grow and find confidence in there there's one in terms of like allowing them to take charge because they need to learn how and there's another with allowing them to change charge because she can't or she does you know doesn't want to and it felt like more the doesn't want to can't side of it than the other which i mean like literally i feel like the animation of her was basically just looking worried and biting her lip the like the entire fourth season like not just like the finale like in her arc has been like ever since her kind of thing with Thrawn like she hasn't been the same and I don't know if there's a reason for that they didn't go into but I was disappointed that she didn't get the chance to face off against him. like there's a lot around her character that I would have liked
0: more of it's yeah it's hard because it's an ensemble it's we were, I she would... just
1: lost the love of her life. Like, I don't right. want to, like, diminish the fact that she was grieving.
0: Right. But she And they had to show grief, and they had to show all of those things. But, but I feel like, like she, like she the got said... the episode
1: or two to do that, but then never kind of pull like, never. Fouls back. Right. Which may, you I, know, uh... that might be a realistic portrayal of grief, but, like, that's not, I feel like, the character, the way she's been written.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. We did get a lot of Sabine. We got a lot of, which I love. I love, I mean, I keep going back to this, but going back to the beginning and you see the way these characters have grown in four years, it's amazing. Yeah. This The storytelling is just amazing in how they got from point A to point B. And, like and just the
1: deepening of the relationship between Sabine
0: and Ezra, because it's not yes. necessarily romantic, but it's just this, no. like... This it's respect in, and, and love. And trust a, and trust. Right. in these like whatever version of that it may be, like those things exist within their relationship and it's just really lovely to see. Yeah. Um, and of course, the promise of more story with Ahsoka is amazing.
1: Uh, I wrote an like, article what? for SciFi on like oh. on the um on what we want to see Ahsoka. Like, where we want to see her next. And, like, I cried while I was writing it. Because, like, I want I want so much more for that character. And, like, I feel like she just gets to be a side character in other stories. And doesn't often get to be, the like, the center character in her
0: own story. Yeah. Yes. I want it. I want that for her. I want it so badly. And she's such a beloved character that it's interesting to me that they haven't done it. And I think it's on purpose um, that they haven't done it.
1: Right, like I don't think it's that they they don't value the character enough. I think it's that they value the character so much that they want to figure out how to best use her, and sparingly is often the best way because it keeps her mystery a
0: little bit, and there's a that there's a lot to fill in later, and keeps her open. But we're going on five years since Ahsoka has had a series that truly showcased who she is and her story and it's at some point it's like you have to give us more Yeah, like there was a really
1: excellent like E.K. Johnston novel Ahsoka I would love to Mm -hmm. see more books one of my um things was I'd love to see like what happened she was on Malachor for years years? three years like what happened to her on Malachor give us a comic series about that um, give us the Sabine, Ahsoka, go look for Ezra's story. Because according yes. to Dave Filoni, both Ezra and Thrawn did survive. So where are they? Mm-hmm. Are they together? Are they like buds
0: now trying to survive? Like what? Like where, What's the deal? What's, what's the happening? Deal? Um, and having at some point, like I understand that the nature of Star Wars is that there are the movies, There's then there's the extended universe. But Ahsoka had such a deep relationship with Anakin that they have to pull in the rest of the Skywalkers and their relationship to Ahsoka at some point. Right. Like, one of the scenes I wrote that I want to
1: see is I want to see Luke going to Ahsoka and, like, acknowledging their relationship and the importance of this person to his father. Because at the end of the day, Luke can cry all he wants about his dad, but he didn't even know his dad. This is a person Ahsoka,
0: like, was, like... Anakin's little sister like Ahsoka is the last person alive who truly knew and connected with Anakin Skywalker
1: yeah and so um I would just I want to I want to see between the more he like tells her about like the redemption she deserves it she does and she she deserves it she gets the chance to like mourn you know because she did have her chance to mourn Anakin when she thought he was dead all those years but then had to grapple with no, he survived and this is what he became and I just want her to get a right. chance like that closure and I want to see it And, so, and I, like you know they're gonna do fill-in um books now that we know what happened to Luke they're gonna start doing fill-in books and I want one of those books to have a scene like that yeah yes so
0: or you know there's no reason Ahsoka can't show up in episode nine I'm just saying I was no reason for yeah it. yeah no agreed like Having her show up and she's not a Jedi. She left the Jedi Order. So that's not an Resistance issue. Resistance doesn't negate the title of the last movie. Just let her be there. She can be really old, but let her be there. And there's nothing... And people keep
1: telling me, like, when I say things like this, that, oh, she's too old. How do you know? Like, Chewie's been alive for three trilogies. Theoretically. Like, like, we don't know. I don't think that it has been established how long to grow to live. Like, why can't they be longer-lived species? There's no reason for it. Ugh. Justice okay. for Ahsoka. I know. Every, everybody, like, just on the record, we love Ahsoka and we want more Ahsoka. Yes. Um... Zeb and Callus. Oh my god. Okay, so I have to talk about this a little bit because, like, I was... So there's a big fandom around Zeb and Callus that I... I didn't know. Yeah, this. which which was a big <laughs> deal because Preeti didn't know about this, but I knew about it. I think because they talked about it, the Rebels panel at yeah, Celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big fandom around, like, Zeb and Callus being a couple. And so one of the jokes during... Um, the panel was that for the, cause that's when they announced that season four would be the last season that uh, Zeb and Callis were going to retire together on a planet and start a family. And like the crowd like whooped and whatever. And they basically did, except they did start a family. And I'm so
0: like, I'm just like, make it explicit. Like it wouldn't have been hard. It's where you're like children's media companies just need to be better. They but I am glad, be better. I am
1: gl- I I did love that ending for them that he like went to Mosai yes. and they like accepted him and he realized he hadn't actually killed all of them. Um I'm a little uncomfortable with how fully Callis has been redeemed given how Yes. You know what I mean? I'm a little uncomfortable with that but I'm just going to put yes. that aside because like, you know, I it want does, I want there is, to be redemption for people even for people who do terrible things, but that doesn't make me forget about the terrible things they did or that like, those things don't matter
0: tell us that like he didn't commit a genocide is thank you for letting us know because that mean, was hard yeah but
1: but doesn't but it also doesn't mean that like not that action. was that was his
0: intention to commit a genocide right. so exactly. like it doesn't it doesn't negate the action or the intent right but as a viewer it makes you feel a little better right um seven cows who else have we
1: I think that's that's everyone.
0: Yeah. I do wish that we'd gotten a glimpse of... Not... I don't... No, no, that's not true. Not a glimpse. I wish we'd gotten mention of the characters that they knew. You know what I mean? Of the characters that the Ghost Crew knew in... um, like Lando or like oh, Leia yeah. and just like an acknowledgement of like, Oh, these are people we knew and we didn't realize were going to be big deals. And Oh my God, they were actually really big deals in the rebellion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a recognition of like, like in the epilogue. Like I yeah, wish we'd
1: gotten like that. a, a like the ghost at Scarif cause the ghost is at
0: Scarif. Like I wish we'd yeah. gotten that like in the epilogue. Yeah. I or, like, mean, we had shock. a comment that like she fought in the battle of Endor or like whatever. But just just I know that there that people want these to be con, like distinct series, but they are in the world. But I don't like I they, don't think I don't think
1: as long as they don't rely on one another to be understood, there's no reason you can't mention connections. Yeah, I You know agree. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think yeah, I mean, it was good. It was, if, if you, okay, so having listened to all this, and I don't know why you would still be it if, if you hadn't watched it. <laughs> but if you haven't watched it and you've heard us spoil the whole thing, yep. um, watch it. It is 100% worth it. Um, we'll put that list of, um, we'll put that in the show notes, the list of Clone Wars episodes, because I do rec- really recommend you watch that. You get so much more out of it, I think, if you have watched the Clone Wars. Um.
0: And yeah. That's yeah. Rebels. Okay. Good. I'm sad it's over. Yeah. I and, can't wait for more. And I can't I,
1: I there's gonna be, I mean, they're gonna have more. Dave Filoni's already kind of hinted he's working on
0: like the next Ahsoka story. He's hinted things. He will not confirm anything. No. It's frustrating as hell. But unsurprising. I think so. But unsurprising. So they're working on something. God knows when it'll happen and when it'll Whatever. If we get an Ahsoka Sabine like buddy cop series, I'm, I'm gonna be super it. psyched about yeah. it.
1: Um, okay, so next we're going to talk about Wrinkle in Time, and we are going to do this a little differently than usual because um, I have not seen it because I am trash. No, it's just been a really bad couple of weeks for me, and um, I just haven't had a chance, and we don't want to put off this discussion any longer because it wouldn't be timely. So what we're going to do instead is Preeti saw it, and I'm going to ask her questions <laughs> about it. Because given the discussion that has been going around, I think that's really important to talk about like the movie, its merits, and why it's important as it is and not as what people want it to be. Right. Okay. So basically, what did you think?
0: I liked it. And I'm going to say that I liked it in a way that I love A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lengel. I've read that book a thousand times. I, you know, I read it when I was a kid. I read the series when I was a kid. I still have the copy. I have my brother's copy, my older brother's copy, which is that, like, really creepy, um, winged centaur yes. thing yeah. on the cover with and, and the, like, uh, it behind it with the red eyes and it's, like, really scary. Um, from And it says, like, my brother's handwriting, like, Vinny, age seven. It's very cute. But... Like, I love this book. So, I liked the movie as a fan of the book. I liked that this was truly, truly a Disney movie made for children. Like, this movie was for nine year olds. This movie was not for nine year olds and adults. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: this, and this is actually my big question because people talk a lot about. People have been talking a lot about how it's, you know, not good or whatever. And you are a – you work – your day job is working with kids' literature and kids' books and picking up books that are good for kids. Like, you know a lot about this. So, like, how was it – basically, like, what does it mean that it was for kids and not for adults? Like, in terms of the storytelling, in terms of, like – like, what – because, like, there's a lot of discussion about what – like, people didn't like it it's either I didn't like it and I don't want to talk about it or I hated it and here are the racist reasons why. You know what I mean? Like, there's not, there's a consensus that it's not quite, like, it is
0: maybe more for kids, but no one's talking about why. It's funny because it's not a perfect film. Like, there's Mm. a lot of, like, there were some weird decisions. There were some, there were some, like, plot decisions that I, like, they wrote out Aunt Beast. The Aunt Beast sequence, like, doesn't exist. Okay. She has a cameo and that's it, which I think I'm like, it's Aunt Beast. That whole sequence is so important. It would have added a solid like 30 minutes onto the plot, I think, which, which is, is a key because why. again, like children's movies are short because children have short attention spans. Like you don't necessarily want your kid sitting in this theater for two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm making allowances for what they did. I just think it's interesting that like. This movie is not Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't need to represent all of these ideas that exist within the racial history of this country. Yeah. It can exist as a film that has, like, race matters because if you are putting a, black or a brown kid in a story, you have to recognize what it's like for that kid. Yeah. Because of the color of their skin or the texture of their hair. But you or can like whatever. acknowledge that without it being about that. Exactly. So I think that's part of maybe some people's reaction to it. Um I don't know. I thought that because it's shorter, it's it's simple. The story is simple. It's a hard book to translate to film yeah because it is very like heady it is very it's very like a lot of information which is hard to translate onto a screen um but the basic story is really simple it's about love and it's about that love conquering hate yeah in a very sappy and a very like overt sort of way like it's not subtle um And the kids are great in it. It had a lot of special effects. It had a lot of bright colors. It was visually like stunning, but also like if I was like a kid, I would have been like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like all the flowers. I, I thought immediately, of course, like there's this whole sequence where there are like alien flowers that can speak and they gossip. And I thought about Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Like Disney's Alice in Wonderland from the 60s where she has those flowers that she has to talk to. And they're these like gossipy assholes basically. And so that, which I loved when I was a kid because Howard, of course, like what an, what a funny way to think about an inanimate living thing and giving it a, a culture and like, a um, characteristics that make it more human and like as a child, you're like, oh, this is so cool. Like this is imagination on the screen, right? Right. And that's a very kid thing to do. Like imagining mm-hmm. the flowers have personalities and Yeah. It's it's doing it. so it did a lot of that. Um, they spoke to the children, you know, it's it's up to the children to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Who, Mrs. Witch, and and Mrs. What's it can't do it. They they don't have the capability to stay on Camazots. Yeah. And yeah. so it's about the children. It's about the children saving their father. It's about... I don't know. It ju- it just, to me, was like, if I was a child and I'd seen this, I would have loved it. I know I would have loved it. And um, kids think at a different... They think... May,
1: may, they make decisions more slowly than adults especially mm-hmm. serious decisions so i would imagine a movie like this would reflect maybe move at a slower p- pace than yeah know, and,
0: and the so avengers meg, like yes you have meg meg who in the book and in on on screen is uncertain and her self-esteem is hurting and she's angry and she's sad and like She has to deal with all these things while these while the story is telling her that she needs to be the hero, and you know that's part of the reason that you need that Aunt B sequence. Really, is that Aunt B sequence is where Meg really comes into her own and really. Okay, so
1: let's say somebody's seen the movie
0: but hasn't seen the book. Um. So or read the book. book. So there's a sequence on Camazotz where Charles Wallace has been. Overtaken by it. He, you know, um, they can't get through to him because he is fully he thought he could beat it and he couldn't do it. Um, and so Meg's father, Dr. Murray, tessers them away because they're all hurt. There's no way they can win. He tessers them away to the planet we're on is. but Meg was hurt the worst. So she needs the most caring and she wakes up and it's this whole sequence where she's so upset and she's so angry that her father would take them away that all these things and aunt beast who's this alien who cares for meg and brings her back from the brink kind of solidifies and helps her understand that she needs to be the one to save charles murray and it has to be about her love for him because the only thing that can counter hate and emptiness is love and it's where meg finds herself and becomes herself basically the hero of the story that they've been telling her that she needs to be so it's it's a little hard because it shifts so quickly in the movie where dr murray tries to get them out and meg makes a conscious decision to stay which some would argue shifts the character like she doesn't have that push she just figures it out which Mm -hmm. is a little different but i get it i understand there's like a for- t- time constraint
1: as well as, right. you know. Like um, I- but with people like comparing this and Black Panther, Black Panther, while it's an amazing movie, it deals very directly with the history and pain of race. Like, very in a pain, like, at it, it, it times it is painful. And it mm-hmm. acknowledges that that is a very, and in some ways, I feel like people, it, it's an extension into movies of any movie, like comparing these to any movie that is directed by a black person or has black main characters has to be a painful story. Do you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, because like yes. this is something I complain about all the time with adult um, Indian literature. Every, any Indian, ad, almost any Indian adult story, there's very little genre um, South Asian stories that are for adults um, mm-hmm. it's mostly all literary fiction, and those literary fiction stories are heartrending and heartbreaking and all about pain and suffering because mm-hmm. those are the only stories that get published. And it's like, why do the only stories about people who look like me, why are they all just about pain? And I feel like it's the yep. same thing, but extending into movies, and that's not the way this should be. Like a kid should be able to see themselves on the screen in Meg Murray without having to deal, like, and sure, acknowledge. The struggles of you know, of course of like I've I read somewhere that she has um, some issues with her hair,
0: Meg Murray. Yes, yes, um, and it's not it's it was done so subtly and so just like recognizing that this is a thing that's real, and like you can do it
1: very subtly and incorporate. In this case, the black experience or the South, you know, whatever experience you're trying to incorporate without dwelling on the pain. And it's just really frustrating to see people pitting these movies against each other because besides the fact that they have black directors and black characters, they have nothing in common.
0: No, they're 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 both like genre. Yeah, but they're for different. They're different age levels, different audiences, different stories. Yes. Children can experience and enjoy Black Panther, but that movie, that movie's PG 13, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm pretty sure A Wrinkle in Time is like G or maybe PG. Like, there are different age levels that are expected to experience and enjoy these films. They were made with different age levels in mind. And, like, they're both Disney, but they're both different audiences. Yeah. In terms of age level. It's like when you're talking about books, like, of course, a seven-year-old, if they have the reading level, can read as high as they want. But if they don't have the, like, experience or basis, they may not get the thematics behind an older book. Yeah. And, like, vice versa. Like, whatever. So this is, like, if Black Panther's the young adult movie, which is made for, like, slightly older children, like Wrinkle in Time, is the, like, middle-grade novel. Yep. It's, like, for teens. Like, that book is... Right. That book is a middle grade book. It is for kids who are like eight to twelve. And so, and so the movie very is much, very much children. for children. And it's for children. And and children who are now, and who are now them in this amazing story, story where like, where a, young, like a, a young black girl, girl. saves the day and saves her brother and saves her family. Yeah. I do want to point out because I freaking love Calvin O'Keefe. Oh my God. Like, the kid who plays Calvin is so cute. And like so, like this dopey, lovelorn puppy that just so deeply is clearly like head over heels for Meg. Oh, his he's he says the whole movie with this like kind of like little smirk, like smile on his face every time he looks at her, and he's just like constantly like, "You're amazing." Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> I like couldn't handle it. And like the little kid who played Charles Wallace was really good. Um, I should have a cast list up, but I don't. I only know Storm Reed's name who played Meg and was just like really enjoyable to watch. Like She had all those insecurities on screen because really, what made Meg such a, an iconic character for a lot of young girls growing up, I think, is that they related really deeply to not feeling like you fit in, yeah. not feeling like you're accomplished feeling so average and mundane, especially when you have family members who are like your parents are superstar physicists and you're struggling to keep a C average, you know, like all of these different things. And so storm Reed just really inhabited that and really like put it on screen. Um, I will say my two biggest issues with the movie were one, they never said Fortinbrah's name out loud. I've actually heard multiple people Uh, say that. The dog. What a good name for a dog, and they never say it out loud. And then the other thing is that they don't include, like, what is, I would say, like, one of the most iconic sequences in the book, which is showing um, the illustration. The book only has, like, one illustration in it, and this is it. And showing you what a tesseract is by having an ant crawl against crawl across a piece of screen string that you bring together to show that that's what a wrinkle in time is yeah like pulling the time stream down and putting your fingers together so the ant can jump across without having to traverse the string yeah so like if that was injured there was like a some sort of 3d model version of they did in the background at some point but i really wanted to see the like actual thing um oprah was amazing of course of course. I love her. The costuming, oh was just, yeah, like, like everybody looked so cool. Reese Witherspoon was great. Mindy was great. Um, there was a weird moment where, like, you know, Mrs. Who's whole thing is that she speaks in quotes, mm-hmm. and so she quotes Winston Churchill. Was I was like, oh, you have the like South Asian character quoting Winston Churchill. Like, oh, okay, I get it, but still a little weird. Um, but it was just. It was just, like, magical. It was just magical. Like, it was a magical movie, and I liked it. I didn't, it's not for me. Yeah, so it's but that's okay. Magic- I think this is something that
1: audiences have, a lot of audiences just do not understand that not every movie has to be for you. Exactly. Like, you can enjoy a movie and acknowledge that this was not for me, and you cannot enjoy a movie and acknowledge it's because it's not for you.
0: Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Like there are plenty of things that I'm like, I'm not into it. I understand there's an audience for it, but it's not yes. for me. And that's why I, I am like that with a lot of things. Honestly, I'm very kind of picky about
1: the about media. And like, there's a lot of things I can just be like, look, I acknowledge it exists. Like, I feel like you're like that a little bit with Star Trek. Yeah. Like, it's just not your thing. And you acknowledge it's right. great and that other people like it but it's just not for you when that's, I feel like, like that needs to be okay. And I feel, I wish people would be more okay with not everything being for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for, it's harder for some than others. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, there. wrinkle in time. Totally. If you have kids, take your kids to go see it. It's really
1: you pretty younger kids when like young, young kids would enjoy just the colors and stuff.
0: It's a little scary at okay. some points. Actually not as scary as the book. Like the whole it sequence on Kamazat is it's in the book it's like yeah. super scary, right? Yeah. The movie's not Okay. The movie's not that scary. Like, it, like, I wonder if, like, my nephew would enjoy who's,
1: like, he's uh, going to be three. Like, I wonder if he would enjoy, like, just, like, the who, what's it, like, Mrs. Who, Mrs., like, the bright colors Maybe. And
0: stuff. I think there's a lot of, like, contemporary stuff that he'd be really bored by. Maybe if he's, like, six. So wait
1: until it comes out and then just show him, like, two scenes. Yeah. Show him all the scenes with,
0: with the three of them uh, on the different planets. Um... But okay, so that's A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Um, all right, so now wrapping up. So the things we love, what do you love? Oh my gosh, okay. So two, two avenues through which I have been spending my time lately are through sitcoms, as usual, and cartoons, because I also love cartoons. Sitcoms, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is coming back tomorrow, and I'm super excited, because if you're not watching this show, it is amazing. It is, like, truly ensemble, truly, like, the jokes are always funny, always like they never, something that I'm not sure we've talked about on the show before, but the importance of comedy of not punching down. Yeah. Like you always punch up, right? Like you always punch up. You always like, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine is very good at that. In addition to other shows that I've been digging are Superstore, which is, if you've ever worked in any type of retail industry or service industry, like watch this show it is so real it is just about employees in a big box like like retail store and it's hilarious um and then speechless which is about a kid with cerebral palsy actually employing an actor has cerebral palsy uh and kind of the, the comedy that you find in a life in a family that it that exists like that and it's they have, you know, disabled writers on staff. They are – so that's why the jokes are good and the jokes are not about the thing. They are about the experience, which I think is what makes it yeah, funny. There's humor in any situation, but it, yes. there's it's
1: – are you making fun of the person or are you making fun of the, like, like – of, of the absurdity of what happens in life. Right. Like, and that is universally relatable as well. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't have that –
0: um, right. Okay. Uh, and let's see. Really quickly, the cartoons Naruto. I don't know why, but I recently like got back into watching Naruto, and like I know how it ended. I, I it's like my longest running fandom other than like Harry Potter is Naruto. It looks really daunting because it's so many episodes, <laughs> but I still recommend watching it because I love it. And then Adventure Time also comes back tomorrow for its final like six episodes, I think. Um, And that is a show that will like surprise you with its comedy, but then will make you cry. And you're like, this show is for nine year olds. Why am I crying? Uh, And Over the Garden Wall, which I rewatched recently and is a limited like 10, 10 minute episodes on Cartoon Network. It's like Elijah Wood is the lead voice. It's haunting and weird and funny and like has great music and definitely recommend it okay that's what I've been watching
1: um I was like I have not been watching anything like I don't even know like I'm like what have I been doing with my time um I'm still re-watching Frasier because I'm trash <laughs> and the show is trash but I'm enjoying it um and let's see what else I've been doing a lot of knitting um just because that's the thing I picked, started trying, I started, tried it out like in the last couple of years and I've really been enjoying it. Um, And then, um, yeah, exactly. Like I have trouble paying attention to TV. Like I don't pay attention to TV and I end up like playing on my phone or um, my computer. And so, and I've been making concerted efforts to stay off um, Twitter and the internet in the evenings and on the weekends. Like I try not to check in at all. Um, so knitting helps with that. And then, um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, we're rewatching some of the Marvel movies in anticipation of Infinity War. So that's been fun. Um, we watched Half of Thor 2 last night and Ryan fell asleep and I got mad. <laughs> because you know how I feel about that movie. He's like, it's so bad. I'm like, I know, but it's so good. <laughs> and so... Um, um, okay, and then so we're adding a little new section to talk about because I feel like you and
0: I have always got a bunch of stuff going on. So what are we working on, Preeti? What oh my gosh. Um, so my book is, the book I'm in, the anthology I'm in, is coming out in June, June 26th. You guys should pre-order it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really proud of it. There's some big news coming on that front soon. Uh, and then I have a few sci-fi articles that went live this week. One is... How Jessica Jones, the series, not necessarily the character, but also kind of the character, has failed people of color. Um, So I watched all of Jessica Jones season two last weekend and was pretty disappointed. Um, We don't often talk about things we don't like on the show. If we don't like a thing, we tend to just decide that we're not going to spend time on it. Yeah. But this is one that I watched it, and I was so upset at the treatment of people of color that I decided to write about it. So there is an article on sci-fi.com. And in slightly lighter news, they also posted an article I wrote about how Tom Holland is definitely built in a factory because he is too perfect. Yes. Um, Because I am a woman of many tastes. Uh, and lastly, if you are in New York City and you are a writer who identifies as being from a marginalized background, there is something called the Quelly Conference, um, and I will be moderating a panel that's on graphic novels K-W-E-L-I, right? Yes. Sorry. K-W-E-L-I. I'm pretty sure tickets are still available. I'll be moderating a panel about graphic novels there, and it's in April, I believe on April 7th, because I think that's a Saturday. Um so if you're around, you should totally come. Check out the conference. There are a lot of amazing authors who are going to be there. Uh, it's quellyjournal.org, I think, is the URL. And that's it.
1: Okay, let's see. Um, I'm still working on my book proposal. Oh, my God. Why did I want to write a book pre Like, why? <laughs> um, it's fine. Um, it's It's going. So I don't think I've really even talked about it much on the podcast. So I am writing a book proposal. It's nonfiction. That's, you know, that's really all I've said about it. Um, because I just, I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I have an agent who is amazing and she has been guiding me through rewriting my proposal because we're doing a different angle, but it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm not going to even lie. Um, so that is taking up most of my time. Um, but I also re, started I have a newsletter um it goes out once a week and it's just basically um i don't know it's like it's just like space news so like some of it is articles i wrote but i try to balance it out with articles other people wrote as well so it's not just like this is what i wrote like this past week on space news and it's kind of like a one newsletter to give you like to kind of give you a comprehensive view of like what's going on in space so space science like what's going on with our space program space tech all of that stuff so, um, um, yeah, so you can sign up it's it's called give me space tinyletter dot com slash give me space once a week, twice a week, uh or once a week, once every two weeks, depending on like how my schedule's going. and then, besides that, I'm just doing a lot of space journalism these days you can I'm, most of my work is at Ngadget, but I'm freelancing as other places as well, so yeah, I mean, I tweet out most of what I write. I just had an article go live on Lonely Planet. Um, yeah. Which is fun because I've been reading Roll Only Planet Forever and I'm like, oh, now I wrote there um, on like how to see a rocket launch if you're interested and for kind of like if you're not a space nerd and kind of don't know how to navigate that. Um, so, yeah. So, no, it's been fun. L- big adventure. So um, and then to plug our podcast network, we're part of the um, um Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. (laughs) It's a network of podcasts from people of color, and you should Mm -hmm. check out all of our fellow podcasts because they're amazing. It's true. Um, And then Patreon... Thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level and Martha, Brandy, Rahul, GeekheartGames.com, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, Gayathri, Maya, and the Not family at the $5 level.
0: Ah, you guys are also awesome. I know. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at they see geek Girls, and I am at RunWithSkizzers. And I am at Krishna. Uh, and obviously as always, please rate us on iTunes. If you like the show, we love hearing from you guys. Um, a few of you have sent in just like really, really Uh, lovely emails and notes that make us cry. And and if if you sent one
1: in and we haven't responded, it's because you made us cry and we don't know how to respond. Not because we think you're stupid for responding. And we, this reminds me, we really do need to, or we do need to respond. We love, hearing these things from you. And it's just like overwhelming because some of you put so much emotion into the stuff you send us and we really appreciate it. And we started this as a way to like be able to talk to each other more. And now it's really nice that other people like what we're doing.
0: Yes. So thank you immensely. Um, until next time, I'll see see you in hell.